We're going to take you now into a tiny bookstore in Berkeley, California, a set of pale yellow walls and chipped tile floors that has for decades anchored the Asian American community here. Hello, hello. Listen how echoey it sounds here. Does it sound too echoey to you right now? Uh, Yeah, it is a little echoey. uh, (laughs) It's an empty room now. All the shelves um, are gone. Right there, as soon as you come in the door, a person would greet the uh, customers. Just days ago, Eastwind Books of Berkeley closed its doors for the final time. The owners, Harvey Dong and his wife Beatrice, are now in their 70s, and they decided it was just time to close up shop. On your right would be literature from China, Japan, Philippines, social movements, activism... They're so used to seeing this place packed with books. But, you know, East Wind was also often packed with people. It gave them a place to connect, a place to belong. At an event in Berkeley last week, scholars and writers Janet Stickman, Dixon Lamb, and Keith Feldman shared their memories. East Wind Books was the only bookstore that always made it clear to me there was a place for me as a Black Apina author. It made me feel Asian-American. It made me proud to be Asian-American. You know, I had something to contribute here, and, you know, this is my place, too. It's such a powerful reminder the bookstore has been, not simply or solely as a container of something, but as a real catalyst for building the worlds we want to see. Consider this. East Wind was never just about the books. It was an idea. And that idea to build a bookstore and in doing so to build a community, that started long before the Dongs ever owned this particular storefront in Berkeley. We'll hear that origin story after the break. From NPR, I'm Elsa Chang. It's Tuesday, May 2nd. It's Consider This from NPR. Harvey and Beatrice Dong's story goes back to the end of the 1960s, when they joined a wave of student-led protests to establish an ethnic studies department at UC Berkeley. Across the Bay, in San Francisco's Manila town, they were also fighting for housing rights for working-class Chinese and Filipino people. And it was there, in Manila town, that Harvey and nine friends each threw in $50 apiece to open a little shop called Everybody's Bookstore. It was right by Tino's Barbershop, where a quartet of Filipino men often jammed on their guitars. Nearby was the ever-popular Club Mandalay. You would hear music, but then sometimes you might, the music might stop, and then you might hear, like, wine bottles hitting the floor or something, and, and, and there's, like, a fight outside. <laughs> Everybody's Bookstore was one of the country's first Asian-American bookstores, stocking literature from the People's Republic of China, leftist papers, and magazines from Hong Kong and Macau. Tong says the very idea of a store like this was radical at the time. There was always the threat of vandalism from anti-communist corners of the Chinese-American community. We had to put on the heavy plywood over the plate glass, so you might have, like, four locks holding the plywood down. Wow. Was that kind of a scary time? It was something that we learned to deal with. Everybody's bookstore endured for 10 years before closing in 1980. But a new gathering place for Asian American literature emerged, a small chain called East Wind Books and Arts. For years, Harvey and Beatrice were just customers there. But then in 1996, they took over the Berkeley store. 
They envision East Wind as a place that would build coalitions, not just within the Asian American community, but across all kinds of marginalized groups. So we actually transformed the whole focus of the bookstore from uh, Chinese language, uh, China topics, to more Asian American stories, Asian American history, and, and also ethnic studies, you know, the African American experience, Native American experience. So you see, Harvey hoped that movements could learn from each other. He recalled this one event where a group of Southeast Asian refugee student organizers encountered Bobby Seale, co-founder of the Black Panthers. I remember from that one meeting, I think it was the, the book was Black Against Empire. At that meeting, um, the Southeast Asian uh, student group was doing some labor organizing, and they wanted to invite Bobby Seale to go and speak about the black experience. So they come here, they meet, they share, and, and then all of a sudden new connections are made. And then yeah, I think the, um, the Asian American community still has a ways to go as far as making alliances with other peoples of color, other nationalities. Uh, it's important to fight for Asian American rights, but it has to be more of a, like a, a broader whole of society approach. Yeah. You know. Well, when you first announced that this store, the brick and mortar version of the store was closing, what was the initial response you got? Some sadness. Some people thanked us. There was a lady who came. Uh, she was an immigrant woman from, I think, Hong Kong or China. Put her son in front of the store and took a picture of this little two-foot-tall kid oh, in front of the bookstore. How did it make you feel to watch that unfold? Oh, I, I, I was touched by it because I, I was just kind of... They wanted the future yeah. to remember this place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want you to just sit with that, Harvey. Yeah, it was, um, <clears throat> yeah, was kind of hard to comprehend, let's say. Yeah. You know, because it's something you do every day. You did it for 27 years. And then and finally, on the very last day, it all kind of comes to a certain point. Can I just say, Harvey, you and I have been talking this afternoon for quite some time. And I've been asking you a series of questions to get you to brag about this heroic role that you have played in the history of this community in Asian American activism. And I feel, as we're talking, I feel your humility, your modesty, and almost your your resistance to taking too much credit. It, it, what, am I, what am I feeling there? Well, I, I, I'd say that my own experience and commitment has always been related to the idea that it's important to do that, you know, important to share ideas about ethnic studies or Asian American literature. Yeah, so there's nothing really to brag about. <laughs> I don't think. You're just although trying I, to get people to think and read I, and share. I, I, I did get picked to toss the ball at the uh, A's game. Nice! For Asian Heritage Month. <laughs> That's something to brag about. I don't know why. <laughs> You're not a good thrower? Well, I, I, I'm going to have to practice throwing a ball 60 feet. <laughs> Do you have a training regimen? Well, I, I, I did throw a ball to my son's dog, you know, a tennis ball. So we all got to start that'll, that'll be my practice. I mean, I tried. This guy just will not boast about himself. That's Harvey. 
But lucky for me, there are plenty of people who will boast on his behalf, like Jade Lynn, a student at UC Berkeley who's been going to East Wind for years. It was the first time that I've encountered a place where you didn't have to dig into every crevice and search in every corner to find ethnic literature. You finally find one. It's a travel brochure to Asia. Check out the lanterns, you know? Like, and, and that was really beautiful for me. And I just want to say to B and Harvey that I hope that our younger generation can continue to carry the torch on this. And we're going to continue trying to open people's eyes to the necessity of including people's stories that reflect something closer to ourselves. So thank you so much. And as the stories of East Wind pour in, Harvey Dong wants to remind people those stories, they aren't eulogies. Uh, today's not, it's not like a wake or a, a funeral. <laughs> no, 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 one's, no one's died, you know. <laughs> uh, but, but in fact, uh, it, I think you could put it as this is like a beginning, you know. In fact, Harvey and Beatrice Dong say they will continue to curate the shelves of their bookstore, but online. And they hope the spirit of East Wind, this idea that there is power in community, that that will carry on. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Elsa Chang.